0: So last week, Andrew did such a great job in actually um, in talking about thirsting for righteousness. You know, as believers, it's easy to focus on our sins, isn't it? But Jesus has forgiven us. And Andrew was actually saying, instead of focusing on our sins, he was saying, what would happen if we focused more on the glory of God? And we know um what would happen is actually the more we get God in our lives and, and more of God in us, actually the sin becomes less. And so it comes a, a lot less than sin management to be a Christian. It means focusing and chasing after the things of God. You know, as we go through the Beatitudes, I'm actually amazed how Jesus put these Beatitudes together. It is unique. It is an amazing divine Supernatural way on how he put the beatitudes together in the teaching. You know, Spurgeon says, and he's right, saying that every one of these beatitudes found in Matthew's chapter five actually rises above and precede the other one. They all come out of each other. It's an amazing way that Jesus put this together. You know, everything in the Beatitudes, rests on the saving grace of the work of Jesus on the cross. That's where it starts. Everything starts with the work of grace. You know, when I preached into the intro a few weeks ago, I mentioned that as believers, Jesus says we are blessed. Jesus did the saving work and we're the recipients of that, so we are blessed. And actually, blessed means happy. You know, um, i read a post yesterday, and i read it about five times because Steve Frost posted it on his Facebook page. And when he writes something, sometimes you've got to read it and read it over again. But um, he spoke into the situation. So this week in Pennant Hills, we had two teenagers shot dead by their father. You know, that's horrific in the hills. It's horrific anywhere. And Steve put this, he pleaded with men on his Facebook page. Now he's a guy who works in the family law court and Steve comes and we partner with him through Horizons. He works with people every day of the week in family breakdown and he sees it over and over and over again. And he was pleading with men yesterday. He was saying, men, do not find happiness in your partner, in your family. That is unfair to put that onto someone else. That actually, you're going to find your fulfillment in someone else. And when that turns pear-shaped, don't take it out on other people. You have no right to do that. Steve says your happiness does not come in people or things. Now, as followers of Jesus, our happiness is found in Jesus Christ. That is the only place that we will try and find true happiness. So Jesus could say, happy are those or blessed are those. Because of the work that I did. But today we're focusing on blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. You know, growing up, the only thing I knew of mercy was that game. I don't know if you remember it, but boys would do it where you put your... Shikari's laughing, she remembers it. But you would put your fingers together like you'd do that, and you would try to bend the other hand hand back, and the person that would cry mercy first was a loser. And so that is what I remember of mercy. I'm a boy, I used to play it with my mates. I used to have, my gosh, my fingers used to hurt. But um, to the, it was bent back. And then I'd say, mercy. And that's all I knew of mercy. But in the ancient world, mercy was despised. To the Greeks and Romans, mercy was a sign of weakness. They admired justice, courage, discipline but not mercy. Actually, one of the Roman philosophers said this. He said, mercy is a disease to the soul. But Jesus came along and he spoke to his followers on that mountain when he gave them these beatitudes. These people were under Roman oppression. And Jesus turns this thing upside down and says, blessed are the merciful. For they shall obtain mercy See every time a follower of Jesus Shows mercy The kingdom of God The reign of God breaks out on planet earth And in our hearts as followers of Jesus You know sometimes as followers of Jesus We throw around the word mercy It's a bit like that game Where you, where you lock hands like that It's interwoven with forgiveness, grace, kindness, all those kind of words that we just throw around as believers. However, today we're going to look at mercy. When Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, who did he have in mind? People he had followers of Jesus in his mind. So he had you and I, if you're a follower of Jesus... These beatitudes are for us. We are the followers of him. What is mercy? Mercy is more than a feeling. Mercy begins with a simple recognition that someone is hurting around you. But seeing or feeling isn't mercy. Mercy actually is compelled from our heart To help someone with our actions. It is active compassion. For those in need or distress. You know a great example is found in the um, Good Samaritan. I'm sure if you went through Sunday school you heard the story of the Good Samaritan. He was the one. People walked past. A priest walked past. They may have looked at a person that was in need. But it was the Good Samaritan who actually did something about it. He was moved by his feelings. His heart. He went over and he actually put his action into practice and took the man and put him up in a motel and looked after. he was looked after. He was moved to action. You know, around the center, I see heaps of acts of mercy. Friday, for instance, was just another act of mercy through one of our ministries, the men shed. The men there were serving the boys who don't like school. For some reason, they just don't fit into the schooling model in Western Sydney. The men Shed here at Dural has a team of men who actually see and are moved by compassion to actually do something about that problem because the next stage in a lot of those young men's life is mostly prison if they do not change. But the men of our church are moved by compassion to do something about that. And they give these guys a hope in teaching them a little skill in welding or woodwork. And out of that, some of those boys' lives have been changed, Where they actually go on and take up apprentices or they go back into schooling. You know, as a church, I see these, these acts of mercy on a regular basis. You know, mercy is different from grace. Grace deals with the sin. That's what Jesus did on the cross. Mercy deals with the pain, the misery, and distress that result from sin. You know, after reflecting on Andrew's message this week, mercy comes from God. It is the overflow of seeking more of God's glory in our lives. The more we seek the glory of God... It overflows, it bounces out, it oozes out of us into others. We reflect God to others. Why? God is a merciful God. Mercy comes from God. Throughout scripture we see that, that God is actually ascribed as merciful. In Exodus 34 verse 6. When God proclaims his name to Moses, he passes in front of Moses and says, The Lord, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in love. So the painting that Jesus is painting in these beatitudes of people who follow him, he's actually using the attributes as the brushstroke of followers of Jesus, of what God really is. Mercy. Mercy. Is at the heart of who God is. In Ephesians 2.4, Paul says this, But because of his great love for us, God who was rich, I love that, God is rich in mercy. He made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It was by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace, expressed in His what? His kindness to us in Christ. In Titus, it is because of God's mercy that we are saved. He saved us according to His own mercy. The mercy of God is best illustrated for us in the cross of Jesus Christ. It was in the cross that we didn't get what we deserved. Mercy is not getting what we deserved. God, through Jesus Christ, stepped in and paid the price for you and I. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 18. He used an illustration. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to send of the accounts with his servants. As he began a settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold came forward. This man was unable, so I'm not going word for word out of scripture, but I'm, I'll give you the story. It's very close. <laughs> this man was not able to pay Jesus back, the king back. The master ordered that he and his wife, that they would sell everything to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees. He said, be patient with me. He begged, and I will repay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him. He canceled the debt and let him go. He canceled the debt. People, that is the story of what Jesus did for you and I. God is a God of mercy. What is the opposite of mercy? The opposite of mercy is judgment. See, without the flow from God of mercy in us, we become judgmental. James 2 verse 13, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Romans 14, 10 to 12, you then, why do you judge your brother or sister? This is talking to believers. Or why do you treat them with contempt? This is how the world works. It is not the way of the kingdom of God. You know, do we ever look at people and hold them to a higher standard of ourselves? Jesus said there is no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. There is no place for self-righteousness in the kingdom of God. That is religion. You know, in 1 Peter 1-3 it says, Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ in His great Mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. God is so merciful. He gives us eternal hope that will never spoil or perish. See, when I remind myself, Of the mercy that Christ showed me It changes the way I look at people I can no longer hold a grudge If I truly get the mercy that God showed to me through Jesus Christ I did not deserve that God did that out of his goodness So if I'm a follower of Jesus I can no longer hold a grudge against anyone. Why? God forgave me. And if God forgave me and I'm now a follower of Jesus Christ, I can no longer hold grudges against anyone. It absolutely changes the way I I have to look at people. I have to continually come back and look at myself in the light of the gospel of what Jesus has done, of his goodness in receiving me out of mercy and then it changes my actions, my words, everything changes. Later on in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, Do not judge. Or oh, He's talking to believers here, people. Do not judge or you will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. These are harsh words by Jesus. There is no place for judgment in the church. There is no place for it. Jesus, through the work of Jesus, the judge declared on the cross that you and I are no longer guilty. That is the only judge of this world. It was God And through the work of Jesus, he declared that we are no longer guilty, that we are free. We really need to be reminded and grasp how merciful God really is. You know, many people are scared to approach God. They think he is up there waiting to judge us. Like I said, that judgment was done on the cross. And it was finished and we were declared free. You know, if you're like me, we're, we're often harder on ourselves with this. You and I are children of God because of the mercy of God. The more we thirst for God, God supernaturally makes us a people of mercy. In Hebrews 4.16, it says this. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy. Because of what Jesus has done in dealing with our sin, you and I have a confidence now to approach the throne of God. We can bring our faults, our hurts, In confidence to the throne of God. God will not judge us. He did that on the cross. That was dealt with. We can approach God with confidence. You know, when we are merciful and when we bring things to God, he brings healing. You know, because we are in Christ, because of the mercy of God shown to us, here comes a promise. All these beatitudes have a promise. There is a a framework, a picture that he paints of a follower of Jesus, and then Jesus declares a promise to the followers of Jesus. And these promises are good. So the promise is this is that when we are merciful, blessed are the merciful, the promise is that you and I as followers of Jesus will obtain mercy. We don't act merciful to obtain our salvation. Jesus did that. I'm going to close with some stories, very practical stories, of how I have received mercy from God. You know, Sam and myself have seen people in need sometimes looking for a home or something that they just don't have. And sometimes we just feel prompted by God's spirit to just to help out people, to give them a home, to actually um, help them to, with some material possession if we can. You know, we don't do that to get anything in return. We just do that because we have compassion given by God. The outcome of that is that we have experienced deep satisfaction and mercy and more compassion from God. A few years ago, we took in Micah, one of the Solomon Island boys. He was only a young lad when he came across. That was years ago. And we had him in our home for three months and... um. And I think Stanley was with him too, so Stanley's here too. It's fantastic to still have contact with these men now. You know, last year when I had the privilege of going and spending some time with Seru in the Solomon Islands, Micah was in a national, um, he's a very talented young man and uh, you often see his face up on the billboards with Elliot in Honiara. But he was in a national camp for the outdoor team and I, and I just didn't think I'd get to see him. Because he was, he was in camp training for the, um, for the Solomon Islands outdoor team. But I turned around one day, I was down at the, um, multi-purpose, um, store, um hall, which is the only futsal court these guys have. And it's small and it's tacky. And, it, um, one day God is going to give these guys a court. I just know that's going to happen. But I turned around and who was there smiling with a huge smile on his face was Micah. He came down to see me. And you know, at that moment, I was just filled with compassion and love again. You know, I had no idea as I was about to board the plane to come back to um, Australia. Micah's parents turned up at the airport. I had never met Micah's parents ever. They came to the airport to see me off. They gave me a necklace and Sam, who wasn't there, they presented me with a necklace. I was just humbled. I had to bow down and they put this necklace over me and they said, thank you so much for looking after our boy. Continue to pray for him. That melted my heart. We didn't take Micah in to be presented by a necklace. God took me by a complete surprise at the airport. I was filled with mercy. You know, merciful people are forgiving people. Paul says this, be kind to one another. Tender hearted. Again, it's all about the heart. The tender, the soft heart. So important as followers of Jesus, we keep a soft heart. Forgiving one another. As God in Christ forgave you. That's from Ephesians. Later on in the Sermon on the Mount, Christ says, Forgive others as I have forgiven you. See, if we cannot forgive as followers of Jesus, something has blocked the inflow of mercy in our lives. Remember, as followers of Jesus, we have been forgiven through the work of Jesus Christ. So the natural outcome for a follower of Jesus is to reflect that—that that we should forgive. You know, as we do life with each other, there is guilt. A very, very good chance, actually, that we will get hurt by each other. A really good church. We, a really good chance, not a good church. A really good chance that, as we do life with each other, that we are going to hurt each other. You know, it was Steve Frost who taught me this stuff. He's taught me a lot of stuff since I've done life with him for 10 years. But he gave me a book to read, The Peacemaker. And as Christians, as we come to conflict, we don't like it. But what conflict is, is a chance for the grace of God to work more and more and more. See, conflict actually sharpens us up. But it's a chance for us to experience more of God's love and grace towards each other. Look at Joseph. In the scriptures. His brothers wronged him. Now Joseph had a choice. Joseph could have rode his brothers off. And he could have come so critical and angry at his brothers. And that would have been okay. Naturally that's okay. that would have been okay. But because... He was God's servant. He operated out of a different system. Joseph became the prime minister of Egypt next to Pharaoh himself. One day his brothers rock up, needing food, and they come to Egypt. What does Joseph do? See, Joseph had a choice. He could have got payback. He could have hurt his brothers. He could have been angry towards his brothers. But Joseph, the servant of God, forgave his brothers. That's what mercy does. Jesus again gives an example of mercy through forgiveness. Matthew eighteen twenty-one. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked him, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, not seven times, but 70 times seven. There again is a picture of the mercy of God at work in a believer's life. We're all going to get things wrong occasionally. And I'm no exception as a pastor. But I have found one of the kingdom secrets is this. Andrew talks about the kingdom secrets. Great little word. I have found the moment that I ask for forgiveness from someone else because I have wronged them or I have seen when someone else asks forgiveness of someone else, guess what enters that person's life? The mercy of God and the peace of God. Just as I close, again, I'm quoting from Steve's post yesterday. If you want to see it, come and see me. It was really good. This is where this thing hits a road. We live in a world where mercy is not common and it's seen as a weakness. Mercy and forgiveness are essential ingredients of remaking life. See, God has made us new creations. God God gives us supernaturally the ingredients of mercy and forgiveness. It is a supernatural revelation that God gives us through Jesus Christ. It is actually not weakness to seek forgiveness. It requires a supernatural strength beyond us. And I'll close with my final story. Every year for the past few years, I've been going to the Kairos course with Johnny Williams and Rob. And we go into Parkley Prison. I go because these people are not the people I would naturally just hang out and do life with. I go because God showed me mercy and I go because I go to share the mercy that I've experienced to people who are in desperate stages in their life. I don't go expecting to get anything in return back. It's not about me. But you know, through those short courses, every time I have been and I've walked away, I am filled again with compassion and mercy from people that I know I could not naturally love. It's a work that the Spirit does. But I go and I want to go back because I experience more of God. You know, this year we have five men from our church And that's going to be awesome. But I know that they're all going to experience the mercy of God. You know, as I close, I want to ask, how is the inflow of mercy in your life? How is the vertical relationship with God? That's where it all starts. Are we seeking, like Andrew said, more of the glory of God in our lives? Because that is where it starts. Secondly, let's have the confidence to approach the throne of grace and receive the mercy that God has for you and I. Let me pray. Father God, as we go through these um Beatitudes, God, they are expressing the attributes of God Himself. Father God, we come first this morning to say thank you for the mercy that Jesus Christ you you offered your Son to take our place. God, we all should have been on that cross. But God, you were moved with mercy upon mankind. And first of all, God, we come this morning with grateful and thankful hearts that you showed mercy towards each and every one of us. Lord, I pray as we do life together as a church, Lord, that we will always remember the mercy that you showed to us as we deal with each other, as we run bump shoulders with each other. God, help us to remind it of the mercy that you showed. Because, God, that changes the way we do life with each other. God, it helps our community become this new creation that God has created. God, thank you that you supernaturally, you give us so many good gifts. And Lord, we could not operate as the body of Christ without mercy. Father God, I pray that we will become a merciful people. God, fill us all with more of your love and your mercy, I pray. Because, God, that will change the world that we're living in. So, Father, this morning, put your heart of mercy in each and every one of us, I pray, in your name. And may we openly receive it. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thanks, Dan.